In an announcement that surprised the world Monday, German Chancellor Angela Merkel said she'll step aside as the head of her own political party. She also announced she won't seek re-election in 2021, what her departure means in an age of rising nationalism around the world. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today from Berlin is Bloomberg's government reporter covering Germany, Patrick Donahue. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So what was behind today's surprise announcement by Chancellor Merkel? Well, Merkel's had a tough time with it in her fourth term. Um, shes They've only been in office now uh, for, for seven months. It took uh, Merkel six months to get a government together. The SPD didn't want to work with her again. Uh, the other parties didn't want to work together. So... Now, the election last year was in September. It wasn't until March this year that she had a government. Once that uh, took shape, there were just a series of crises that was uncharacteristic of of Merkel and these grand coalitions. The grand coalition means you have the two main parties, Merkel's Christian Democratic-led bloc and the Social Democrats, uh, sort of lurching from crisis to crisis. They had a big problem in the summer when her you know, erstwhile... Bavarian ally, mm-hmm. uh, the interior ministry, the interior minister threatened to essentially send back refugees from the border. So you can tell this migration issue still keeps coming up. So where along the way of all of this, you know, having a hard time forming a party, where, what was the first warning sign that something bad was coming? I mean, from the beginning, you could say there were two or three big crises crises in in the summer here, and um, that translated into big electoral losses in two state uh, uh, elections you had this month. Um, Bavaria was the first one in which the CSU, that's Merkel's Bavarian allies, lost a lot. The SPD lost even more. Uh, And so already you have this narrative of voters, or or, I mean, it's sort of a fact, voters are turning against the ruling parties in Berlin. Uh, and that happened again yesterday in the state of Hesse. Mm-hmm. So this is the consequence. And so you've traveled with the chancellor for many years, and you know many of her colleagues. How much of this was a shock to you? It was a, it was a big surprise. Um, I think if you back up, it, may, it has a certain logic. Um, the assumption in Berlin was more that if Merkel were in trouble, and if she intended to run again for party leadership, she would have a challenger maybe. Um, It was considered less likely that she would throw in the towel now. Um, So she did. It was a shock. I mean, in the German political system, you have uh, so few surprises because Mm -hmm. it tends to have this air of stability. Um, And this was unexpected. I mean, she's been chancellor for 13 years. She's been the head of the party for 18 years. what has the response been um, off today's news, you know, in Germany and also around the world? Well, surprise. Um, but uh, the, like I said, there's a certain logic. And now people are already talking about who's going to follow her because what happens to her? And I think there was some misunderstanding with when, as the headlines ran today she, that, that she was maybe stepping down as chancellor. That's not happening mm-hmm. uh, in Germany. I mean, other countries, too. Uh, you can be... You can be the, the head of government and not necessarily be the head of your party. Uh, that's what she's decided to do. So the question now is how long will she last as chancellor? And the first big answer to that question will come with her successor who will take over the party. So in that uh, decision not to run for re-election in 2021, um, she puts her fate into her party's hands, which she's stepping aside from, and into her possible replacement. Is that a risky move for her? Yeah, because the question is, 
if she gets if she has a successor leading the party who steers the the uh, the party off course that she wanted, it's hard to see how she could get along um, simply as chancellor with her party turning against her. So, that probably wouldn't work. So but, who would be a good replacement for her if you're Angela Merkel? And who would be a bad replacement if you're Angela well, Merkel? Well, the characters in Berlin, I mean, this will be a mouthful, but uh, the, the, her, her uh, appointed um, uh, general secretary for the party when she came in uh, February, March, is Annegret Kamp-Karrenbauer. Um, she is considered to be mostly representative of Merkel's centrist course. If she takes over the party, she's called AKK uh, in political circles here because her name is just so long. <laughs> um, then you could certainly see Merkel and AKK working hand in glove as party leader and chancellor. Uh, she would probably like that. There are also other candidates, the state premier in the western state of North Rhine-Westphalia, Armin Laschet's another candidate. Uh, he might go for it. He just came out and said, we should all think about this, uh, consider it carefully before we make a decision on who replaces Merkel, i.e. maybe he will do it. Mm-hmm. Um, those are probably the top two that come to mind now that would carry on, carry the torch from Merkel's policies. And what does this change immediately mean for an already fragile political situation in the European Union? Merkel's been fairly pro-European, so it certainly has implications when you talk about Euro policy, when you talk about Germany's response to fiscal policy. You know, you've got Italy now uh, making a lot of noise um, with its uh, fiscal policy and its expanding Mm -hmm. deficit. Merkel's also worked very close with France and has been relatively supportive of, for example, Macron's um, uh, euro area proposals. Uh, Not as much as he would like, but she generally tends to steer in that direction. If you have a successor who doesn't, then that changes a lot of things. She's been in power, like we said earlier, for 13 years, and that's spanning three presidencies, one of George W. Bush, one of Barack Obama and now one of, of Donald Trump. How has her relationship been over the years with the U.S., and what, what happens yeah. next? Well, until Trump was elected, it was very good. Uh, I think America was widely admired in the United States and Washington political circles as well. She actually did get along with George W. Bush very well, maybe even better than Obama, but by the end of Obama's administration, um, uh, she and he saw a lot of the same things or had a similar worldview. Um, obviously, that changed dramatically with President Trump. She's been diplomatic about it, but she's she's had a lot of difficulty maybe mm-hmm. just getting his ear. Yeah, I think diplomatic is a very polite <laughs> word of you to use. Um, you know, over the years that you've you've covered the Chancellor, what has been unique about her rise to power? Well, for Merkel, if you if you saw her 20 years ago or 25 years ago when she's emerged from nowhere onto the political scene from East from the old East Germany, um, a lot of people here didn't take her seriously. She wasn't very charismatic. She was almost shy, um, and so the the characteristics that got her to where she is is that a lot of people, especially men here in the political establishment, uh, underestimated her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's been the key thing. I mean, she's her, you know, her, her most helpful characteristics that have won her the success is keeping a cool head and being, you know, understated to the point of boring, maybe. But 
technology definitely is a steady steward through through lots mm-hmm. of different crises. Um, you know, the fiscal, the global, the global financial crisis, the Euro, European debt crisis, the refugee crisis. Um, she's steered right through it with a steady hand. Clearly a steady hand, but over the past six months, as we said, she's had a hard time forming the party coalition. So is this the down, was this the downfall of Angela Merkel or was this just kind of the political cycle running its course in Germany? I think there's a, there's something about the political cycle running its course. Maybe it's it's something that has to do with entropy. I mean, she's been there for, for 13 years um, and the political tenor in Germany, as in other places, is sort of an anti-establishment uh, tenor. And so Merkel is, if nothing else, the establishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably something of that about it. Um, but if you look specifically at at the crisis that she's confronted, it's it's outside forces. It's either you know the Bavarian CSU, uh, Zayhofer thumping his chest, or the SPD in a free fall and panicking, uh, or lawmakers in her own party who, for example, ousted her hand-picked leader of the parliamentary caucus. That was a big deal. And so these things are happening all around her, and they seem to be going in the same direction. It's hard not to see the irony in today's news with the end of such a liberal era in Germany. And while another nationalist leader has gained power, this time in Brazil, with the election of Jair Bolsonaro, how much of a void does she leave? And is there anyone who can fill that void? Well, if you want to compare it to populist politics, there certainly is that space in Germany with the emergence of the far-right alternative uh, for Germany, the AFD party. Um, which has been extremely vocal against Merkel's immigration um, policies. But that said, the AFD is there. They are getting votes. They've won seats in both the Bavarian and Hesse state parliaments. But the big benefactor of this political fallout in the past few weeks and months is the Green Party. So um, there's something to that, but not completely. I don't think the German public is quite ready to embrace any sort of you know, you know, stridently populist mm-hmm. movement like you even see in, in Italy with the Five Star and the and, and League, um, to say nothing of Brazil. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a little bit of a different animal when you when you look at German politics. I know she's not gone yet, but what what will you miss most about her, uh, having <sighs> followed her so closely? <laughs> I'd have to think about that one. Uh, I know as a journalist, you you always, you do sort of yearn to. To, to see different things and cover something different. Um, I think a lot of people will miss her, especially if, if whatever follows is consistent with the, the type of uh, upheaval that we've seen this year, um, uncharacteristically in, in German politics. Mm-hmm. And what about her legacy? What will, what will the legacy of Angela Merkel be? It's tough to say because she's, she's been a problem solver and she views herself as a problem solver rather than a visionary. Um, if we look back... 20, 30, 40 years, um, it may be less clear to us exactly which way Angela Merkel wanted to steer Germany. Um, So certainly it would have been, as I said before, a a steady leadership through a period of various crises, uh, holding Europe together. Um, So it could also match up uh, to whatever happens with the European Union in 20, 30 years. So Difficult to say now. Patrick, thank you. Thank you. Make sure to follow Patrick on Twitter. He's at Patrick J D O. That's a TikTok for today. 
Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.